Peter from Sage Investors, and I'm here to do a quick mind map analysis of my most recent investment decision, which was to buy shares in Under Armour, ticker symbol UAA. This uh, video can also be heard in podcast form. You can download it through my website, sageinvestors.ca, or through Apple Podcasts. Uh, every time I'm evaluating a potential stock that I might want to buy, uh, I always ask myself a series of questions. It's usually the same questions. And once I've answered these questions, I usually have a pretty good idea whether I want to go buy the stock or avoid the stock altogether. So what I want to do here is is walk you through uh, my answers to the questions as it related to Under Armour and to try to see if uh, this was a stock that might be worth picking up right now. So what got me interested in Under Armour was the fact that the share price uh, had fallen from, it was around the $27 mark and it fell all the way down to around the $18 mark. <clears throat> Just to give you some disclosure as the stock I've owned in the past and uh, it wasn't a very good investment decision as I proceeded to lose uh, the last time I owned it. The previous time that I owned it, I lost almost 37%. So I'm thinking I'm a little, so going into this, I'm, I was a little bit hesitant to get into it given the fact that this is a stock that I've invested in, in the past and in which I've lost money. And that's natural, right? That's a common behavior we have as, uh, as people, as humans, uh, is the whole loss aversion kind of uh, bias that we're against to it. But I thought this is a pretty, uh, at the time, even when I owned the stock the previous time, I liked the stock and I liked the company and uh, it was just a bad time. The numbers just didn't work out. The math didn't work out. And uh, so, you know, following my playbook, I was down over 20% on the stock, so I immediately executed it. So. Just a little bit of disclosure there, but uh, again, the stock was trading around the mid, uh, around the 27 range, and then just proceeded to drop to around 18. It had a pretty bad earnings report that the market did not like. So this is a pretty out of favor stock right now. And I'll get to that a little bit later more when we talk about valuation. But first things first, let's take a look at the company. So first question I always ask myself anytime I'm looking at a company is, what do they do? What do they sell? What is their value proposition? What makes them unique as a company in, in terms of the products and services that they own? So when we look at Under Armour, Under Armour is essentially a, an apparel company, sports apparel. Um, you know, so essentially clothing, they sell clothing, shoes, some equipment sports equipment. I would call them sort of uh, part of this new mode of apparel called the athleisure segment, which is wearing kind of sporty clothes, clothes but they're not wearing sporty clothes that you could wear in a social setting or in a casual environment or in a, you know office environment. Um, it's kind of that fusion between business casual casual apparel and sports apparel. And uh, <clears throat> in a certain sense, when I look at Under Armour, I, I would almost classify them as a little bit of a, a luxury brand because um, in the sense that 
there is uh, the quality of the of the of the goods of their of their clothing is pretty high. It's pretty high quality clothing. This is clothing that's not going to very durable, very flexible stuff. That's not going to like you know you wear. It's not it's not like a fast fashion kind of um, material that they materials that they use. It's a very high quality, durable type uh, products, and and their their and their price points are are pretty mid to high range uh, from that side of it. So. Essentially, Under Armour clothing company, sports apparel company. Who do they compete with? It's the next question I always ask them. Is there any competition in this space? Well, in the clothing apparel space, um, there's quite a few in this area, and it's becoming a very, very competitive uh, space. The easy ones to figure out in terms of Under Armour are other sports apparel companies like Nike, Adidas, uh, and then when we're talking about the Lulu, uh, we're talking about the athleisure, kind of growing athleisure segment, I would say Lululemon has been a forefront. But it's also, at a certain extent, there are other smaller players, other players that are emerging that want to get a piece of this athleisure action. So, you know, at places like Gap, uh, Old Navy, even Walmart, Amazon are looking at trying to get into this space. In terms of Under Armour, Under Armour's, I would probably would be, they would be kind of like targeting more of this group, the sports apparel group. And, but in terms of size, I would say Under Armour are like Nike, Adidas, and Lululemon are, are like the sort of the big, big, big players in terms of size and scale. Lululemon is, uh, Under Armour's, I would consider them to be kind of the next tier down. So a lot of competition in the space and a lot of competition with some really, really big players with some really big pocketbooks. Leads to my next question. Um, who do they sell to? Who are their customers? What kind of people would want to buy stuff from buy Under Armour clothing? Well, easy answer would be the athletically minded. People who are like athletic. Um, they are going really hard also at attracting the millennial crowd. And it's, you can, it's really spoken through that way when you look at their endorsements. Um, marketing is a big factor and a big expense for companies like Under Armour. Um, so when you're looking at right now, and they're starting to make some dents into the, into the whole endorsement space. Um, they have um, Golf, they have Jordan Spieth is their big uh, client. It's in basketball, it's Steph Curry. And in baseball, you got Bryce Harper. So they've gone more towards targeting uh, the millennial space um, through their endorsements, through the various endorsement contracts. And those are sort of their big ticket items. Uh, I talk about millennials, but I would also say um, kids. And it's interesting, and I think that's one of the reasons why I got into the stock was, uh, I was just share with you an anecdote. Um, my uh, nephew, about a year ago, uh, my nephew, he's about 10 years old at the time, uh, was, we were talking and we were talking, you know, his birthday was coming up, so hey, what do, you know, what do I want to get for your birthday? You want something from like Under Armour and stuff like that? And at the time, this is about a year ago, he would tell, he told me like, ah, I don't want to touch Under Armour, Under Armour is so out of, it's so uncool kind of thing. And I thought, okay, that's fine. I talked to him. A year passes by, just literally a couple of, like a, a month ago, I started talking to him, and again, about his birthday, and I said, you know, 
And he said to me, he said, Amen, um, I would like to get, can you, I would like to get some Under Armour clothing. And I went, wait a minute, a year ago you told me that Under Armour was so, un- was so like totally out of, totally not hip and not cool. Now you're thinking, now you're telling me Under Armour's like cool? It's like, yeah, Under Armour's a really big thing. A, a lot of kids want to wear Under Armour. And I go, oh, that's interesting. So not exactly the most scientific market research I can put out there for you, but the fact of the matter is my, my nephew's pretty into it, and even my uh, nieces, they're also kind of into Under Armour, and they, they're wearing a lot of Under Armour, and my kids also on top of it. My, uh, my younger uh, four-year-old and my uh, seven-year-old, are, they got Under Armour shoes and Under Armour clothes, and they're pretty cool with it. So it's kind of interesting that we might be seeing right now that the company might be in a bit of an up phase in terms of uh, training. And we'll get into risks when we talk about fashion taste and everything like that you know, on that side of it. So sports apparel company, trying to play with the big boys and the big girls in terms of uh, trying to get into the athleisure space. They seem to be have a little bit of a grassroots following. If you're following anything, you know, if my kids and my family have anything to say about it. So it seems like interesting, there's an interesting dynamic going on with the company. But that, you know, at the end of the day, we're investors and we want to invest in companies that can create tangible wealth, create tangible profit, economic profit. So it leads to my next question that I'll always ask is, does this company make money? Is this company creating tangible wealth for its shareholders? So for me, when I'm looking at a company, when I'm trying to measure the company's financial performance, I kind of go towards one really go-to kind of metric for me is the company's economic profit, which is taking the company's return on invested capital and comparing it to the company's cost of capital, the weighted average cost of capital. If the company is generating returns on invested capital that are greater than their cost of capital, this is a company, it's, a, it's creating tangible wealth, economic profit for its shareholders. And ultimately, over long periods of time, companies that can demonstrate an ability to create tangible wealth for their shareholders tend to have stock prices that will trade at a premium. So ultimately, that's what I want to look for. I like to look for companies that have strong economic profit. So when we looked at uh, um, Under Armour, over the last three years, the return on invested capital has ranged between 12 and 26%. When I compare it to the company's cost of capital, which is about 10%, it tells me that this is a company that's creating positive economic profit. Revenue growth has been, on average, about 9% over the last five years. Um, In the U.S., though, it has been flat. And I think this is one of the reasons why the stock has been getting kind of taken down quite a bit, is that the U.S. growth, the U.S. sales figures have been coming out flat. But if you go anywhere else outside the U.S., they're actually doing really, really well. And, uh, And I think that has been kind of put a bit of a lag in the stock price. And I think it speaks to the fact that there's a lot of, you know, what I'm saying, when I talk about, to me, this is a stock that I think is out of favor by Wall Street. And I think one of the reasons that's going into that mindset is I think there's a fair amount of geographic bias that is going on at Wall Street when they're looking at this company. They're focused more on the US numbers than really they're focusing on the global numbers. This is a global company. And I don't think they're, and I think they are, the analysts that are looking at the stock are focused more on the, U.S. numbers and not the bigger picture. So from my perspective, this looks like a company that's creating serious cash and serious profit, and uh, that's a good thing. Next question that I'll ask myself then is, okay, how financially strong is the business? Is this a company that's going to go out of business tomorrow? 
Um, or is this a company that's going to be around for a long time? How financially strong is the business? And the best way for me to, that we can figure out if a company is financially strong is to take a look at the company's balance sheet. And when I'm looking at a company's balance sheet, there's kind of three areas that I like to focus in on. First area is liquidity, their ability to pay off their short-term obligations consistently. If you look at uh, Am uh, Under Armour's um, current ratio, they have two times uh, current assets versus current liabilities. So that's really good. That means the company's got a lot more than enough um, cash on hand and short, uh, current assets on hand to cover their short-term obligations. So that means it's going to be on a day-to-day -day business, the company is in pretty solid shape. Next thing I want to look at is their debt level. How much debt? Do they have too much debt, too little debt? Do they have any debt? When I look at uh, Under Armour, their debt equity ratio comes at about 0.33, which is pretty reasonable, pretty healthy, pretty manageable uh, from that side of it. Um, goodwill, I like to look at the quality of the company's assets. So in terms of understanding the percentage of the company's assets that are intangible versus tangible. So when I look at goodwill or intangible assets, um, they come in at about 12% of total assets, which is pretty good. For me, anything under 20% is pretty reasonable um, in terms of a, a ratio of, for a company's goodwill slash intangibles. Um, the other thing that I looked at, and especially when it deals with Under Armour, and I think this is another factor that's really kind of driven the stock price down, is their inventory levels have been pretty high. And I think one of the issues with the stock and with the company is they've been carrying a lot of inventory. They've been kind of, you know, as much, I, I, you know, when, I, when I look at Under Armour, I view them as a bit of a luxury brand. But one of the qualities of a luxury brand is sort of the exclusivity or the limited availability of, of the products. And the thing with Under Armour, I think they've, they've gone to a point where they've actually, I think, overexposed themselves, but I think they've saturated the market with too much product. And I think that has been a risk factor that has taken the stock down. And so from what I understand, the company is actually, I think, has recognized this and is now taking some concrete steps to reduce their inventory. And I think that's a really good thing going forward because I think... I think there's been too much discounting going on with their products, with their clothing, um, and I think it's kind of diluted the brand. And that's, I mean, this kind of feeds into the next question, which I, I would like to look at, which is what are the risks that a company is facing? Um, what, could, what is out there in the business environment, the economic environment, social environment that could take the company down? And so with Under Armour, there's a, there's, there's a few risks that, that, that it inherits. And one is the concept of, whoops, one is the concept of dilution of the brand. I think in a way they've, they've kind of uh, uh, overexposed and I think they've also too much inventory. And I think what they have to do is I think what they need to do in which they're taking steps is to now introduce more uh, less discounting. That's a risk, the dilution of the brand. This is, to me, it's a luxury brand, but I think it's a brand that's being diluted. And once a luxury brand dilutes the brand, tries to go a little bit too mainstream, 
it risks diluting the brand and it's really hard to get itself back up. And so I think part of what's driving the stock downward has been, I think, a recognition by, by consumers that, that Under Armour is not exactly the most exclusive brand compared to a Nike or compared to an Adidas or a Lululemon. <clears throat> Other risks the company faces is the changing, change in fashion tastes. All clothing apparel companies are always at the whim of what's the current trends, what's the current fashion, change in demographics, and change of what people want. Tastes and trends are changing. Um, I think that's a factor. But I think, as I said, uh, as I alluded to in the, the case with my my kids and my nephew, I think right now it is on a cycle where it's actually might be catching a bit of a wave and catching a bit of a jet stream in an up cycle in terms of their ability to connect with various people out there. And I think the whole concept, the athleisure side of it, and I think appealing to uh, kids and millennials, I think they might be on the verge of getting into a nice little sweet spot. Um, other issues that could affect the company is obviously the trade, all the trade um, trash talking that's going on. Um, could have a player. Interesting thing with Under Armour, it is actually not a big player. It's looking at uh, from what I've read in China. It's actually not as embedded in China as uh, maybe companies like Nike or Adidas are. Uh, so that might be actually a bit of an advantage. It might be able to sidestep some of the issues with all the trade trash talking that's going on and all the impacts of tariffs that are going on on that side. So a lot of risks that the company is facing, but it seems like it's aware of these risks and it seems to be managing these risks effectively. That being said, we're investors and ultimately we want to buy great stocks and we want to buy stocks of well-run, well-managed businesses at a reasonable price. And so the fact of the matter is that leads to the last question that we ask ourselves is, is the stock cheap? So as I said, stock has fallen from 27 to 18. And from a f looking at a few valuation metrics that are out there, if you look at the company from a forward PE ratio, forward price earnings ratio, the PE ratio was, is at one point was at 60 times, and it's just dropping like a stone. And I think the fact that the, the stock, with the stock falling uh, here down at the 18 level, it's taking the PE ratio. So from a, from a val relative valuation, it appears to be it's pretty high, but it's falling. So it's actually, I think in a way, it's getting a little bit cheaper. Um, if you look at a company from the discounted cash flow perspective, the stock from what I've seen in terms of modeling out there, the pricing goes in between 23, in terms of intrinsic value, 23 to $31 a share. So given the fact the stock's trading at about 18 right now, to me, tells me that the stock is cheap. It's currently cheap right now, and I think as I said, other factors here right now, stock is definitely out of favor. The, the analysts really took it down quite a bit. And I think there is a little bit of geographic bias built into the stock. Um, that makes it out of, that is really has been weighing it down. So right now it's not a popular company. But again, when I'm looking at the stock, it seems like it's in a selling a product in a good a product in an area which is a fair amount of growing demand. 
Um, it's more than holding its own in terms of marketing. I think it's got a really good sweet spot of a demographic that it's really kind of, it seems like it's capturing. Bottom line, this company is actually creating money despite, despite the fact that its stock is out of favor. This is a company is creating pretty solid economic profit. It's got a pretty solid balance sheet. So it's a financial position seems to be pretty solid, pretty stable. Um, and I think it's the management group here seems to be aware of the various risk components that could take the stock down, that could affect the company, and it's trying to manage it. It's trying to manage its inventory better. It's trying to go more upscale, reduce its inventory so they can really project itself as, a, as an exclusive luxury kind of brand. It seems to have right now the, the palm of a lot of the core demographics uh, that could be spending more money on their stuff. It seems to be a little bit insulated from a lot of the trade issues that are going on out there. So to me, when you factor all these elements together, and the fact of the matter is the stock's trading at around $18 and it's got valuations between $23 to $31, so it tell, it's telling me that there's at least, you know, there's at least 25 to 35% upside. Um, I put it all together and it, I, it, did let, it led me to say, you know what, I think this might be a great opportunity to buy this company on the cheap. And so ultimately, it led to my decision to buy shares. So I, I basically opened up a pretty small position. I know the market's pretty kind of crazy right now, so I just opened up a very small position. And over time, I'm hoping to like add a little bit, add a little bit, a little bit, if the markets continue to be really shaky and kind of lower my cost base on it. So there you go. There's my mind map analysis on my decision to buy shares in Under Armour. As I said, this video can also be available in podcast form. You can download it through my website, sageinvestors.ca, or through um, Apple Podcasts. If you're interested also in other videos that I've done, I, I've done uh, other, my other mind map videos, as well as my podcast, as well as my other blogs that I post, uh, you can check me out on my website, sageinvestors.ca. As also, uh, I do teach, I am, I'm a coach, I'm an investment coach, and I teach people how to make better investment decisions. So if you're interested, you can check out my website to find more information about the various investing courses that I do teach, as well as my coaching services that are available. So thanks very much for watching and listening in. This has been my mind map analysis of my decision to buy shares in Under Armour. My name is Amon Reina of Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Bye-bye.